Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. The things that we're going to read that God's going to tell a wife to do, those things are independent of how her husband is doing. Whether he's a great man, a man of God, a, a lazy man, a bum guy. The things that God's going to tell a wife to do, this is between her and the Lord. And I want us to get that first because what a lot of people do is they say, well, you know, I'm doing this because of her. Well, I'm not doing good because of him. And that becomes very easy because if, if you can blame her for your disobedience to Christ and she can blame you for her disobedience to Christ, what you'll end up with is a long-term marriage where nobody ever submits to Christ. Have you ever heard a sermon and the person sitting next to you keeps poking you in a way that says, listen up, they are talking about you. Today's message with Pastor Bill isn't an opportunity to go tell your husband, see, I told you, you are doing it wrong. The Lord's instructions to husbands and wives is to be acted upon regardless of how your husband or wife treats you. When you try to blame someone else for your actions, you no longer take responsibility for your sin. This isn't the way marriage or life works. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Marriage and the Family. I just kind of want to open this up. I was praying and going over this. When I when we first started, the, you know, got ready to plant the church. Um, and I was praying that the Lord would give me just vision. Oh God, what's your, what's your vision for the area? We want to reach out to the community. And one of the things that I, I wrote it down. One of the things that the Lord put on my heart was that a community is made up of families. And oftentimes what's wrong with the community is the it, it begins with the brokenness and families. And so you so I started looking at wow, where I grew up at and all my friends and how many of us grew up in homes that were broken and where we didn't have dads or we had mom and dad hated each other and we got that rocky foundation and all the boys that grew up with me most of it was a rare thing to have a mom and dad stay married in a healthy relationship. That was a rare thing. And so when I look at how we ended up, most of the guys and, and how we were, it's like, what an unstable foundation many of us began. And so as I look at the community that God's called me to minister to, I realize the same thing's happening. And I really can't do much. And I realize in the world, the world of non-believers, uh, they're going to do things a certain way. And we're, we're reaching out to them with the gospel. But these messages that we're going to be sharing, I'm speaking to the church of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to those that have been bought by the blood of Christ, those that have bowed their knees, those that have said Jesus Christ is Lord, because many times, unfortunately, the group of us that say that have done it just like the others. And so and here's why I think this is going to be really important for us, because in this room, we have people that are married. In this room, we have people that plan to get married. We've got a marriage happening here next Saturday. We're going to pray for y'all before y'all leave today. With that, the married people... Sometimes we're, we're in marriages, but we just we still don't know how God has called us to operate. Or we're not yielded to do it the way he said do it. Some of us are not married. And so you get the, the, the unmarried have the best chance at getting this information and receiving it that you might start off on the right foot. The already married, some of y'all need to listen hard and see where you need to repent and say, sorry, God, sorry, husband, sorry, wife, because you can turn it around. God can take. Whatever you have right now, God can take it and, and, and God can make it beautiful. God can make it better. And so, and I want to, this is the last thing and then we'll jump into it. We'll see it as we go through these verses. You'll see as we go through Ephesians 5 and come into chapter 6, that as a Christian, as a married Christian, your marriage does have to do with your relationship with the Lord. Uh, this isn't like a separate deal. I'm married to Mika. That's not a separate relationship. How I'm doing in my marriage is a reflection of how I'm doing with the Lord. The things that God is going to command me to do as a husband, 
They don't depend on my wife doing anything. It depends on my submission to Christ if I do what he said to do as a husband. You guys follow what I'm saying? And the things that we're going to read that God's going to tell a wife to do, those things are independent of how her husband is doing. Whether he's a great man, a man of God, a, a lazy man, a bum guy. The things that God's going to tell a wife to do, this is between her and the Lord. And I want us to get that first because what a lot of people do is they say, well, you know, I'm doing this because of her. Well, I'm not doing good because of him. And that becomes very easy because if, if you can blame her for your disobedience to Christ and she can blame you for her disobedience to Christ, what you'll end up with is a long term marriage where nobody ever submits to Christ. Unblessable marriage. And so we don't want that. Amen. We want blessable marriages. So we're going to look at how to do that. So now with that, uh, Ephesians chapter five and I guess the background. Right. Because we, we want to keep things in context. Chapter five, we hit three areas of our walk with the Lord. We talked about walking in love in verses one through seven. We talked about walking in the light in verses eight through 14. And we talked about walking in wisdom in verses 15 to 21. And the last thing we read in verse 21 said that we are submitting to one another in the fear of God. And again, this is just speaking of us as Christians. I mean, it jumps right from that into marriage. So we're going to we're going to hit we're gonna, I'm going to start with the wives. And then just about time y'all get mad at me, I'm going to jump on the husbands and then uh, and we'll come back next week. We got some more. So I just gonna, I want to keep it in the order. I was going to make the husbands go first. But, uh, you know, as we say, ladies first. And so if the Lord started with y'all, I'm going to go ahead and start with y'all. Is that OK? It's going to have to be. OK, so verse 22, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife. As also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now I'll go back through. So number one, wives submit to your own, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I have to point this out because twice it says to your own husbands. And this is why I believe that's there. It's it's many times easier for a woman to submit. There are women that go to work and whatever. the What can I do, boss? What do you, when do you need that? How soon? How quick? And they'll submit. They'll 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 work really hard. They'll come early. They'll stay late. They'll do. And their husband, they get home and the husband, hey, can you grab me something to drink? You got hands. Get yourself something to drink. And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm just, you know, if the boot fits. Right. It's it's submit to your own husband's. It's many times easier to submit to somebody else. Well, I'm, I'm submitting to my paycheck. I'm submitting to this thing. But this is something as a, a Christian wife, you do this as unto the Lord. So if I could break away, I, I, let me let me give the definition of submit. And then we'll come back. So the word submit, which is can sound like a dirty word these days, but it's not. It's a biblical word. And it has there's much behind it. Right. It says the definition of submit is to arrange under, to subordinate, to submit one's control to yield to one's admonition or advice. So a wife is, is coming under her husband. She's arranging herself under in a subordinate role. Now, my wife, in her submitting to me, it's not because she's less than me. It's not because I'm better than her. It's because, why? It's because God said that this is the order, that I want you to submit to them. You know, I worked at a church that had 17 pastors at one point. And that's an impossible, you think all these men that study the word, they got vision and passion, very strong leaders. You put 17 men with all of that together. This thing can't work unless there's an order of submission. 
unless we all said, ultimately, the senior pastor, that's who we're ultimately going to submit to him. I got ideas and I, I would maybe do it a different way. But in order for this boat to float, we got to kind of roll with his program. If everybody, if 17 guys did their own thing, this thing would be shipwrecked. And so there was a submission to God's order. God, you established that man at this place. We submit to him, not because he's better than, but because he's appointed that position by you. We honor what you did. Um, does everybody follow what I'm saying? So in a marriage relationship, when a wife submits to her husband, it's not because, you know, he's more intelligent, he's smarter, he's a better leader. It's because God said to do this. That's why we do this. So, again, it means to arrange under, to subordinate, to submit one's control, to yield one, to yield to one's admonition or advice. So let me explain what submission doesn't mean, because uh, obviously this can be used in a negative you know, this can be used in a bad way. There are men who unfortunately look at the idea of submission and it, it becomes kind of a way to dominate or to lord over a woman. And that's not really that's and we'll see as we get to the direction for the men that that's not God's heart. Submission is about order. You know, if you have anything God established, he created an order and you can't have two leaders. You got to have one person. And that's just the way that things work. God says in the marriage scenario, Christ is ahead of the home. The husband under Christ, the wife under the husband, and the kids underneath mom and dad. If you break that chain anywhere, you got a messed up family. You messed up the chain of command in God's ordinance. If you got a husband that won't submit to Christ, that's a messed up. He, he's messing up the order there. If you got a wife that won't submit to her husband, there's going to be broken order there. If you have kids that won't submit to their mom and dad, there's going to be a they're going to suffer because of that. And so all the way up the chain, God says, if everybody would submit to me, who I'm the one that set the order. You would have perfect order in the family and it would be in a place where I could bless. And so back to the wife. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And uh, before I come to that qualifier as to the Lord, let me again. So submission is not to be dominated. Submission doesn't mean that you don't have input. Submission doesn't mean that a woman doesn't have something to offer. Uh, When God first created the first marriage, Remember, everything God created in the garden, he said, was good. Right? All, the, all the trees, the bodies of water, the, the, the lights, the stars. You know, the first thing he said wasn't good is in Genesis chapter 2, 18. He looked at poor Adam all by himself. And it says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. The brother needed help. And so God brought him a wife not to lead him or to govern him, but to help him. Now, my wife can't help me with her mouth quiet, with her mouth shut. I'll, I will qualify that when I, when I, you know, so for her to help me, she's got to be able to say have input. My wife's got to be able to say, well, what about this? Well, I got another, I got an idea. Well, hear me out on this. Let me, let me give you my thoughts. That's not, submission doesn't mean I make all the rules, all the, hey, just look quiet. You got nothing to say here. I got all the answers. You be quiet. What I say goes, any husband that does it like that is stupid because that's your help. And you're not taking advantage of the help that God's given you. You're going to be you're going to you're going to be hindered in that way. That's not what it means. I don't that's not what it means for me to be a leader that I don't take input from other people. She's a whole person with gifts and talents and wisdom and abilities that it behooves us to talk about it. What what happens is where submission comes into play is when we disagree. And that's happened over the course. I hope you don't mind. Do you mind? Do you mind? Can I tell them? I'm going to tell them. All right. So. In a few instances in our marriage, you know, we, we hit this role where, you know, I'm saying this. She's like, no, now I'll, I'll give one of your favor first. So there, there was um, when Billy was little and we, you know, we were trying to figure out he's all he has autism. We we're trying to figure out what schools and everything else. 
I was dead set against any public school system, period. So I was like, mm, nope, 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 nope. And so, but my wife was like, well, there's certain things that are available to him at this thing. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. You know, and I, I wasn't trying to hear it. I was like, and so she, she made a gentle request. She said, could you pray about that, please? And I was like, okay, you know, and I'm not even kidding you. I got in the car and I prayed and the Lord just, I mean, God was so clear to me, you're wrong. And I'm like, well, all right. And I, I mean, I, she'll tell, I called her and said, that's when he was in San Pedro. And I said, okay, whatever you were going to do, go ahead and do it. I'm, I'm wrong. Guys, I mean, I'm, I'm busted by God right now. So go ahead. And it ended up being a blessing. And the way God put a stamp on it, we had our, our IEP meeting and our teacher, she looked on our thing and she said, what do you do? So I'm a pastor. She says, oh, well, I fellowship here and my husband serves there and we do this. So, so God was like, so she's still like, he's still going to be with a Christian teacher after all, you know, so it was, uh, it was like God's little hand there. So um, in that sense, you know, she was respectful and submitting yet saying, can, can, can we, can you pray about that? You know, we need to, I, I, I still feel she, it was, it was, I needed her input on that. It benefited my son. Now there was other times, this, this, I'll give one. Uh, so um, when I believed that God was calling us out of, we were kind of in an old traditional style church or whatever. And that's the only kind of church my wife ever had known. But God was calling us out and God was speaking to me very clearly that you need to move on from here and you need to get her and y'all need to go somewhere that teaches the Bible. And so I remember saying, OK, well, I remember telling her and, you know, and my wife who don't my wife's not very emotional. You know, she don't break down on me often, but. She cried and she was like, God didn't tell me, you know, and I'm like, OK. And it was difficult. It was difficult. But it was it was one of those places where God was telling me, that, you know, I, I, if I'm the Lord of your life, then I told you what to do. Now, if she's the Lord of your life. You can do what she said. If the pastor of the church you leave in is the Lord of your life, you can do what he said. But if I'm the Lord of your life, I said, do this. And I did it in difficulty. I did it. You know, she was her submission at that point was I'm going to come. But you're going to feel my disagreement, you know, so she came. But I, I felt that, you know, she was like, why they do this like this? I don't mind that, you know, but she came, you know, there was there was. A, and eventually we both would come to the place where she would look back and say, OK, that was the Lord, you know. But in that moment, right, I, I she needed to submit. I, I, I'm in charge of the spiritual leadership of my home. That's where I believe God. when God says you're going to have leadership, it's not going to be for what we're eating for dinner. You ain't got to submit to, you know, whatever. It ain't going to be about what color we paint the doorknobs, you know. It's going to be about things that matter for the sake of the kingdom and the kids and the family. That's where God has given man. There's got to be somebody that has the lead role. And in that place, God will tell a wife, submit to him. Wife may say, well, what am I, my, I don't see my husband seeking the Lord, though. My husband doesn't make wise decisions. The last five decisions he made, we, we, we in debt now because of what he did. And so I don't trust him. And so here and to every wife that would argue that. It's not about trusting your husband because it's about trusting God. Amen. God said submit to him. And if I can give you two examples, I don't have time to read the stories, but they're both in Genesis. Abraham, this great man of faith on two occasions, on two occasions because he was afraid because his wife was so fine. He was afraid that when the Egyptians saw her in Genesis chapter 20, I think the other one is in chapter 12. Yeah, they went down to Egypt and on two different occasions, he said, you so fine, Sarah, they're going to see you and kill me to take you into their harem. So what we're going to do is it's a partial truth, but a half truth is a what? A whole lie. Amen. And so we're going to say you're my sister. And, and, that, and she submitted to his foolery in that regard. 
And both times they saw her. She must have really been something. You know, for 80 years old, I ain't never seen an 80-year-old that, you know, that God got, got to have her right now. Give her to me. No, no, you know, no, no shade on my older ladies. But uh, they, they got there and she, you know, she was taken into the harem immediately. And in both cases, right, God didn't let her be touched. And, and Abram was rebuked. He was corrected. She didn't get touched. Because God said, no, she's going to have a child by him supernaturally named Isaac. That's coming. And Satan's trying to mess up my program, sticking her in harems where these other men that want her. But one king got woke up in a dream, told everybody in your household is going to die if you don't get her out of here now. And they, the, the king said, man, what are you doing? Why did you do this to me? The other time they saw he, they saw him kissing her and said, I saw you kiss. That's not your sister. And, you know, why did you bring this reproach upon us? And so in both cases, God didn't allow her to be touched. Abraham got rebuked. She was kept safe. She submitted. And so now, you know, I don't know if you women would submit to that. Now you end up in a harem and, you know, but I just want you to see that if you submit to your husband as unto the Lord, then God will deal with your husband, not you. It's not for you to deal with your husband. It'd be better for you to submit to his bad decision. Let him sit in the soot of that bad decision. He'll make a better decision next time, I promise He'll think a lot harder next time. Some women don't let their men become the leaders God's going to make them because you never submit. So he never gets to feel the sting of making a bad decision that affects everybody in the household. So, you know, he he's just a bad leader 10 years into the marriage as he was 10 years ago because you've never given him the reins. And so God says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And I love that God does this in this section of Ephesians. He gives these qualifiers. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands. How, Lord? As unto the Lord. How are you supposed to submit to the Lord, ladies? Say that loud. And everything, right? Everything. I mean, you submit to the Lord, it's, 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 it's complete. God, I mean, is there any area where you don't submit to the Lord? No, there shouldn't be. And so God says, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. Now, I don't, you know, again, I don't know every marriage here, and I don't know what that looks like in every household. But I would suggest to you that if you don't submit to your husband as unto the Lord, that it has some negative ramifications and repercussions in your marriage. And so I would encourage the wives. This isn't God suggesting. This isn't God saying, you should try this. God said, this is what I command you to do as a Christian wife. Submit to him as unto the Lord. It's, an, it's a step of faith for some of you. But faith and obedience is how we get the things that, as we get where God wants to take us. And so the qualifier is as unto the Lord. And I had this thought. A lot of times when we submit to God, we do it in faith, right? Anybody had to submit to God in an area where I, I don't know how this could work, but I'm going to just do what God said do, right? We submit to God in areas where it's in faith. I don't even see. This doesn't make sense, Lord. This doesn't make, this doesn't make good sense to me that I would do this, but that, if that's what you say do, I submit to you. And some of you women will have to submit to the, your husband in faith too, because not because you don't see, because you do see him. And you're saying, man, I don't see how this will work, but I'm going to just in faith. You're going to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. You're going to do it in faith. Look at verse 23. It says, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. And so we get more kind of qualifications. Look, the husband is the head of the wife. Now, here's another word that men can misconstrue. When God says man is the head of the wife, he qualifies that. He says man is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church. So think about how Christ is head of the church. Think about Christ's relationship with the church. Does he dominate the church? 
Is he harsh to the church? Think about how, think about how Christ is to us. He's the head of us. Think of how good, how good is he to us? Even when we bad, he's good. Amen? He's a good leader. He's a sacrificial leader. And so we'll get to the men in just a minute. But when it says that the husband is the head of the wife, it doesn't mean like, like I'm the head and she's the tail. I'm the boss and you the employ. I'm the employer and you the employee. That's not what it means. That word head, it's, it, it literally, there's a, it's a word picture. There was in the Roman army, there was a guy whose job, he was the, they called him the point man. And this would be the guy, they were going into new dangerous territory. This is the guy that would go in first. So if there was ambush, if somebody was going to get killed, if there was going to be danger, he was going in first to take the hit. He's the head, right? The point man. He's the one going in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive danger first. And God says, that's, that's the husband. That's your role. When, I, when it says I'm the head of my wife, I should be taking the hits. I shouldn't be sending my wife, you know, anybody here, if you're going into a dark place and people scared, any man that will say, babe, you go first. <laughs> hey, anybody here dating a man like that, you need to just, just, just drop him like a dead bag of flour. I mean, just drop that, you know. That's not acceptable, you know. When a husband is the head, that's what it means. It's not a domineering, chauvinistic sort of thing. It's really in a, a sacrificial sort of way and we'll get more on that as we continue but it's the husband going first I'm the protector I'm looking out for you if somebody's going to be hurt I'm going to be hurt first if danger's coming I'm going to take the hit first I'm going to take it so you don't have to and again I'll, I'll get to you men in, in a moment but I just want the women to understand that's what head means head doesn't mean you know doesn't put you in a, in a bad place it, put, it means that you're covering it means that someone's covering you someone's protecting you someone's looking out for you and so I have to say at this point, men, if you're not providing that for your wife a covering, you need to repent that you're being a bad leader. Um, you, you're, you're not providing for her with what, what, what Christ has called you to provide. We are to provide covering and protection uh, for our wives. They should feel secure under you. I could say more on that, but, you know, your wife should feel like if, if, if I'm somewhere and my husband's there, I don't have to worry. I'm taken care of. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be covered. I don't have to say nothing. I don't have to do, you know, anything. My, my husband has me covered. And if not, if that's not the case, then men, you need to you need to re reestablish your footing. That's your role. Again, consider Christ. I was in trouble for my sins, but Christ stepped in on my behalf and your behalf. I took these ahead. That's why he's ahead. He took the hit for me. Uh, I deserve to be humiliated and shamed for the shameful things I've done. He took my shame, your shame. I deserve to be separated. He took the separation. I mean, he, in every way, Christ took the hit. Um, so I didn't have to, though I deserved it. Yes. And so with the wife, husbands ought to be the ones taking the hit. Amen, husbands? I need the husbands to amen that one. Amen. <laughs> so the wives like, amen, but y'all don't get to do it. They, I need the men to know that that's what y'all are supposed to do. So once again, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also, again, the qualifier, how am I the head of my wife? Same way Christ is the head of the church. And he says, and he is the savior of the body. Christ is the head in a way that saves us, right? He, he's over us in a way that benefits us. And husbands ought to be over their wives in a way that benefits them. Verse 24, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. That word subject is the same word in the Greek as the word uh, submit uh, earlier in the verse. You know, you know, it's hupostaso. It's the same thing. 
Um, he says, now, therefore, just as the church is submitted to or subject to Christ, so let the wives be in assessed again to their own husbands and everything. And I would just say this because I said it twice. I'm going to say it twice to you women. It's easier sometimes for you to submit elsewhere than to, to your husbands. But God called you to submit to come under your own husband. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Ephesians, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, Paul explains that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like. What matters is that Christ unites us as one. In Jesus, we all belong. Do you ever let differences hinder you from having genuine relationships? Do you let cultures or skin color get in the way of Christ-like living? Paul knew that although differences can be difficult to process, unity is the heart of God. To be one with each other is to be one with the Father. We hope you continue to learn more from this book and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. We pray you continue to seek Jesus in all you do. Thanks again for joining us. And be sure to catch us next time right here on A Transforming Word. Oh, 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 oh